I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Stretch Marks. I'm Caroline Foran. And I'm Sinead O'Moore. And this episode is kindly supported by Pregnacare. The boobs, the bottles, the feeding, how do we do it, the pumping. That moment where you realise actually your only job right now to keep this baby alive is to make sure that milk arrives into its belly, regardless of how you do it. I think you're so focused on giving birth, being in hospital, getting home, and then your mind shifts into feeding and the challenges that can go with that. And I think it's probably one of the most significant challenges that parents or mothers can experience. And a controversial one because people have lots of opinions. So much judgment, so much you should do it this way, you should do it that way. And it's like, honestly, from all the conversations I've had with people about bottle feeding, pumping, combination feeding, breastfeeding, every single one of them, somewhere along the line, has been judged for the decision that they have made. Yeah. There is no like victim or or other in this instance. Victor. They're like, it's like we're all beating each other up. For the same thing, which is just making sure that your baby is fed. So we talked about this a little bit in the judgment episode Mm. where we explored all of the different ways in which we feel judged and feeding and sleep, sleeping style, parenting style all featured. But for this episode, we want to do a deeper dive into feeding because it's such a massive topic. Um, We're back with this episode to being on different experiences, which always I think is interesting to hear different dynamics. We had similar birth experiences, but everything else has been... Slightly different. Slightly different. But in the polls, there's a lot of different around how people have done it. But there was one thing that is just like totally um, consistent throughout, which is that learning to feed your baby is a massive stretch. 85% have said that learning to feed your baby, regardless of how, is still a massive stretch. You would just assume that it like just is so natural and it's just something you do. I think that's what we've been marketed. So whether you're going down the bottle feeding route, all you've seen are these kind of like serene ads of like mum holding baby beside the window light (laughs) and bottle goes to baby. You don't see colic. You don't see reflux. You don't see, you know, bottle rejection. You don't see her up sterilising at three in the morning. You don't see you buying four different brands of bottles to find the right one with the right teeth that won't give more bubbles and gas into their tummy. You don't see the baby projectile vomiting it back up again because actually it wasn't the right formulaic thing for them. You don't see the cracked nipples on the breastfeeding side because again, similar situation, glorious moment, mother beside window light. You don't see the exhaustion, the fatigue, the mastitis, the cracked nipples, the panic, googling, the, panic, googling, the, 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 the old aunt being like, and how do you know now that there's enough going into it? I don't think the baby should have that at all. And you certainly don't see the judgment. You don't. And all of this, we have been 
told that again pack your bag go into baby have your baby have that moment in the corridor where you take the picture of the dad with the baby in the car seat and then magically they just go to school (laughs) there's nothing in between there's nothing in between except clean kitchens see I really was of the belief that all of that would just fall into place because that's what you've been told and that's the way it works and it's the most natural thing in the world and you'll know what to do and I didn't have a clue why would you I don't even know what to feed myself (laughs) Like, I actually pretty much stopped feeding myself around that time well, because yeah. you're so focused on them that your own nutrition is like, if I even got a couple of cold toast crusts in, I was delighted. So if you want to have access to like proper lactation support, it seems like you need to discover the secrets of the Holy Grail. So I went into it thinking, all guns blazing, I'm going to breastfeed, it's going to work. And I think I kind of said like, oh, like I'm going to give it a go. And I was imagining months in advance when I was going to be at a wedding and I was going to be pumping. I was like, I'm going to be pumping and dumping and then have a great time and didn't foresee any of the challenges. But I also was very much of the impression from what I had consumed about feeding that it was kind of an all or nothing scenario. Mm. And I'm only learning that now, seeing some of my friends since who've had babies who are doing much more of a mixture or like I have a friend who recently gave birth who's the baby's not quite latching and she's quite happy to just pump, give her breast milk by the bottle because she's taking the bottle great. Yeah, great. And I was like, I didn't know you could do that because I remember being told you you shouldn't go near a pump for several weeks so it has to be fully on the boob. I mean, every hour that yeah. is there. So I was like, you know, having him on the boob for hours on end while my mental health was unravelling and I was thinking, if I can't do this, I can't do any of it. So I felt I had to do this complete 180 switch. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't think it was possible to see how I go you know, do a bit of formula as well or do a bit of bottle as well. And that's just all misinformation. And this is what I... So because there is such um, camps, there is no like spreading of of conversation, of information, of blending. You either exist in a, don't you dare put that baby near anything other than your nipple and your nipple alone. Yeah. Or, and I'm not going to even begin, I'm not even going to in, introduce you to any alternatives to that. Yeah. You are not to know anything outside of that and then or or else there's just no you just do formula and you just do bottle and I love and I'm only beginning to see there are a couple there are a couple of experts now on Instagram that are actually thankfully beginning to share some blended support advice yeah depending on the individual and where they are at and I've had conversations with them saying like why why can't why can't more of this information be shared and to be fair, some of them are not allowed to. Okay. They're not allowed to. It's like if you are part of this like lactation consultant agreement, don't be seen to be talking about any alternatives other than making it work for breast. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, isn't that, a, you know, at least they're trying, they're, 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 their position in this world is they are trying to increase the rates of breastfeeding in Ireland and they're doing their best to educate that. But they're not existing in the real world where women are experiencing genuine challenge at the point of baby screaming, mother falling apart. What do we do here? And if we could actually have more information out there to dads, to to mother-in-laws, to mothers, to sisters, to friends, to neighbours, where everyone could kind of be like, why don't you try this? Why don't you try like. I just think it it would release that feeling of yeah, like a fear all on me. Yeah. And if my baby starves, 
it's my fault it's my fault and one of my first experiences in the hospital when I had him was um, his blood sugar was really low and they kept asking me Were you di- did you have gestational diabetes and I didn't as far as I knew I didn't never got tested for it and it was like if you don't get his blood sugar up he's going to oh. nick you so I was like if you don't yeah and I, I I mean I think they might have said it in more kind yeah, but words, that's what but you heard that's, that's how I felt. took it and I was handed the formula and I was like I've already failed yeah and I didn't know like if he was latching right I didn't I mean they did try to help me but I had such fear that if I don't get this right and get the food into him my baby's not going to be okay so I didn't I didn't think it was and possible and at the first hurdle at you're the very, a shit mom. very first hurdle I failed and then I was riddled with fear that you know loads of different things like it has to be only the nipple it has to be because if you start pumping you're going to cause problems you're not supposed to you're supposed to let your flow establish if you do you know bottle at night and and you only feed during the day you're going to give yourself mastitis which I was so afraid of Mm. I was so afraid and I was so looking for control and because he had had that little hiccup I needed I really wanted the control of knowing how much he's having Mm. so for me I just felt like and I actually stepping out of this literally asked permission Mm. I I remember messaging my girls whatsapp group and I don't know why I mean only a few of them have had babies and Mm. I was in such a fragile state and I was so afraid that I would be judged for making this decision, for opting, for stepping back from breastfeeding, that I, I literally asked for permission. Was it okay? Was I was I a good enough mother if I did this? And Which shows the, the, the depth and weight of this kind of shame that we carry. I felt so much shame and I still do. And I'm still, honestly, I and this is partly why I've gone back to therapy, one of the focuses I wanted to mm. was to try and process my postpartum feelings and guilt I am so triggered and and I can't help it by seeing anyone any of my friends breastfeeding and feeling like I just immediately feel like you didn't do that you failed mm. I can't shake it and my rational mind knows that's not true and I look at my baby and I'm like he's grand but I can't shake it because it's just so deeply ingrained it's, it's the words like it's best. Yeah. Breast is best. And I'm still it's like, so... honestly, I could start crying. Like I'm, I'm devastated that I didn't do it. And now I'm seeing my friends approach it in different ways that work for them mm. and have a bit more flexibility. And they're like advocating for themselves being like, oh mm. no, like I'm going to pump because I want to be able to give my partner to give a bottle at night. And I would like my baby to be able to take the bottle and the boob. So like my sister-in-law is doing that. And I'm seeing all these different blends and ways of making things work for you. And I was like, I was governed by fear, fear of, of misinformation and fear of judgment and fear of just like all or nothing and fear of having to do right by my baby. Mm. But at a time where doing right by your baby was looking after yourself mentally because you were spiralling. Yeah. No, I did get, I mean, I shared it on social media as I do with most things. And I did get a a couple of messages being like, I'm so sorry you couldn't do the right thing Mm. for your baby or you couldn't get the support you needed. Um, Language matters. Yeah, like those things just were the nail in the coffin for me of like, oh, you've really let this one slip. And I, I, yeah, I just can't unravel it. And I find this really interesting though because Ireland does have one of the lowest rates of breastfeeding in Europe. So the majority of mothers are bottle feeding. Mm-hmm. And yet there still seems to be this stigma and shame that you've just described if you don't. Yeah, it's weird. I think when I look at social media, I feel like I'm seeing a lot more posts of people very proudly showing, you know, the breastfeeding. And that's really important. And like we shouldn't be policing images of boobs and babies on boobs. And it's beautiful. I feel like there's such a reticence for a new mother, especially a mother in the public eye, to show mm. her bottle feeding they just don't go there with feeding. They don't mention it if they're bottle feeding. So it's like the judgment and shame is like flipping. Because yeah. definitely when I had my first, which is five years ago, 
there was a not not a shame, but there was certainly a. Um, Why would you be doing that? Well, yeah, there was less. It it, it was kind of oh right and it's generational <laughs> because our parents I mean I was me and my brother were bottle fed and yeah I, I may maybe I had to have a lot more conversations about why a lot of I think that reaction comes from probably them being like well we all did that and you're fine are you telling us that we were all yeah. wrong to oh, do that totally 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 but there was also a lot of um you know if I was out I'd be much more like you you would hear a lot more of people having comments and remarks passed to them if they were out feeding or told I'm sorry you'll have to leave or you know that kind of stuff like I remember at the time it was a big deal for insomnia to put a sticker on their on their window to say like this is a breastfeeding friendly environment yeah I remember feel like that was a big deal and now I'm kind of like sorry you have to put a sticker up to say this is a breastfeeding friendly environment are you joking like the world is a breastfeeding friendly environment and I think I have like I have to say I'm sure that is also my own personal development in terms of me not giving a fuck yeah or you know I, I will feed my baby if I want to feed my baby and I don't care uh, about what others are saying whereas when you you know when you're not used to ever getting your boob out in an insomnia you know it's a weird thing it to is, have yeah. to do yeah I mean even if you're so proud and even if the world is all in favour of it and we're all unanimous in that it is still it's a weird bizarre. thing you feel very vulnerable totally you're, you're, phys- you're literally exposed and maybe the worry is not so much what people think but it's also oh I need like I want this to work because I'm out of my comfort zone yeah, now I'm in somewhere yeah, different yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and, and if the baby starts screaming and not latching and then just go boop flapping around yeah. the place you know it is a high stress environment it's a high stress environment I remember being really like prepared with um uh with kind of swaddles and stuff and, you know, getting my getting my station, you know, getting like right up my swaddle in and I've my everything has moved around and I've I've deliberately walked into an environment and I've picked like the very back corner where I could pivot my chair to like not be seen and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And it was mentally draining, really yeah. mentally draining, having to orchestrate how do I do this? Or even if I was out and about with her thinking okay, well, I can't do that walk actually because there isn't a bench for like 40 minutes. And what if she stops and cries and wakes? Mm. And how do I feed her? Do I just feed her like standing up, leaning against a lamp pole? Yeah. Like, like random things that I never had to consider before. Um, lockdown helped me a lot actually on my second because I wasn't in those environments. And mm. from talking to, from women on, on Instagram, I'm, I got a sense definitely in lockdown that breastfeeding figures of those that are a second time round were approved because whilst the first time mums were denied that access to lactation consultant support, which was outrageous, at least the second time, again, there was kind of a, I've done this before. And also now I'm just home. I'm just home. And it let it establish and it kind of... and that, There was I think, no pressure to be anywhere. There was no pressure. suddenly fit your baby into the fast pace of normal life. Exactly. You were just home. Um, and that definitely served and supported me when it came to breastfeeding Juliet, but it also ham- damaged my ability to be able to get her onto a bottle. Mm. Whereas on my first, I had a life, you know, I had I had a wedding when she was five weeks old. So I was pumping from two or three weeks and I was storing it up in the freezer. She was on the express bottles. It was much more um, flexible, shared, mm. but shared as well. Like, you know, there was bottles of express milk being given by people other than me. Yeah. Lockdown, no. It was just me and the boob. I know for sure I wouldn't have been able to handle that, the enormity of that being on me because Mm. I already felt so 
fragile mentally and I remember in the first few days of trying to feed and not knowing whether it was cluster feeding or not knowing whether he was asleep or getting anything and just mm. you know him being on my boob and I was like there's a lot of trust involved I was like I can't Barry I can't do this and mm. I'm and I'm really glad in a way as much as I feel so much guilt and shame I'm really glad that I was vocal about it I think I know enough about myself now not to just stay quiet and struggle I said I, I don't think this is going to work for me and I need and I said to Barry I was like I need your support yeah um and he was on board and so were my my, my family were supportive of it and that's all I needed really was just to, to make the decision and then but I made the decision from a lack of being informed I think you know mm. whereas now me and Barry both say if we went again it was like you know you could you could give it a go and you could feed and get the support knowing that if at, at any point you decide it's not for you there's no gun to your head which is what I felt the and first time okay. like, and it's okay and if I decide that I'm not even going to bother I'm not going to try I'm going to go because I know it's worked for me now mm. I can just go straight to that option Um, it's such a shift going like into yourself and like what do I know and trust is right for us and that is where the learn is that is where the biggest stretch is in motherhood when you when you actually climb into your skin and be like I'm okay at this I know what I'm doing it's a shift I mean it really is a a shift from one side of your brain to the other I remember Layla from Nunu explaining that to me and one part of our brain is so you know um trial and error and solution focused mm. and if we apply effort things work out and you know to do lists and stuff and this other part of our brain we don't live there anymore in the way mm. we live our lives we don't live in that intuitive knowing gut feeling place mm. and when you become a parent you kind of get thrown in there and you're like what this is unfamiliar and that's where we need to get comfortable and that's mm. where we have the most power and when we can move into that part of our brain a lot of things I think will fall into place a lot easier and maybe that's why you're, you've already been in that part of your brain when you've had mm. one kid and when you have a second you're like oh here we are I know this place now but I will say that what you just described there is genuinely the gift that breastfeeding gave me yeah the 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 greatest thing that I the greatest thing that breastfeeding did for me was it shifted me into that place and because it was working I got to live there very early and for a long time And I feel like lots of other motherhood things that have occurred thereafter have been approached because I was living in that side of my brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Whereas the old me was the like the list, like the, well, I have to sit the test and somebody else external has to evaluate whether I'm doing this right or wrong before I'll believe it. And, And there are parts of my life where, believe me, I still live there. But when it comes actually now to my my children, I don't live there. Mm. I live in my well, we we together have intuitively figured this out. It's interesting because you obviously went through quite a transformation via your your choice of feeding. Mm. And I think a lot of the time we can think of, well, I'm this kind of person, so this will work for me. Or I'm this kind of person. So like if I'm real go with the flow, maybe breastfeeding would suit my personality. Mm. If I'm not and I like a lot of data and I want to know how much my baby's had, bottle feeding would work for me. But you don't have to be necessarily stuck in a way that you've always operated you can explore new parts of yourself and land wherever you feel most comfortable wherever works best for you Uh, it took a long time like I definitely didn't leave the hospital being like oh I live in this side of my brain now mother earth (laughs) yeah it took a long time and I have to also like totally put my hands up and say had I met a challenge I may not have had that experience and I may not have felt that way I didn't meet a challenge yeah 
I don't know why. I don't have answers. I don't have any special boobs. I just didn't meet a challenge. Um, it worked. And somehow, slowly, day by day, pound by pound that she was putting on, it was kind of like, oh, OK, I don't need to be so worried about what other people are thinking or saying. Mm-hmm. You know, if people are saying, you know, is she hungry again? Are you feeding? You don't need to feed again every four hours. It was like, no, sorry. I was a total, total feed on demand, which is completely against my DNA. Yeah. But I f- completely fed on demand. I couldn't look at a schedule. I couldn't look at the clock. I looked at my baby. And of all the things, I I just, I, I definitely think it had an impact in, in how I evolved as a mother. Mm-hmm. But we need to talk about how, like you, people's intention on feeding. Okay, so we asked in the polls, 77% said that at birth they intended on breastfeeding. 11% said they had no plan, 12% said a bottle. Okay, so 77% of the people that participated in this poll, which obviously isn't every single woman in the universe, but that participated in this poll. I know, not (laughs) not yet, not yet, not yet. We're getting there. But it is also, can I, I, I will say, it is like a thousand people so like that took part in this so it's like sample survey sample big enough 77% said they intended on breastfeeding okay but what do you think happened after that baby was born 20% stopped before they left the hospital wow I really thought I was alone I got to a couple of days after being at home and I'm clinging on to those days like they were my moment in the sun 22% stopped less than a month so that's forty two percent already. Wow! In the first four weeks, I wonder is that because they found it challenging, or because we like we like the idea of being able, to, you know, from from the research to give them the colostrum and the early milk and that kind of liquid gold to kind of set them up in the first few weeks. Is that more of the what we've been told is is the best, and that maybe it can relax a bit afterwards, or is it because it's just too bloody hard? Well, I asked them. Oh, I'm very good at these. <laughs> so the reason. said is it can be really hard and there's little access to lactation. 57%. 19% life is busy and bottle means more help. So the two highest ones and then 9% the reality is not the same as the expectation so I stopped. 16% answered that it is not the norm. Right. And if I hear one more time, I ask that specifically because anytime there is any sort of um, media, national media breastfeeding campaign or release of some stat or some study or some Ireland is the lowest rate bashing headline, there's this we have to normalise breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is considered amongst our generation normal, normal to the most part. OK, there will be there will be some liars. Be some outliers, but this is not telling us that people are like, "Oh no, I'm not doing it now because it's not normal." No, we've moved past that. It, that, in fact, that statement denies the fix. The fix is acknowledging that it's really hard and there isn't enough support mm-hmm. for women, and and the fix is money. <laughs> money has to be given to put lactation consultants in the wards when the baby comes out because that is when baby feeds not oh the lactation consultant will be here now on Tuesday between (laughs) 10 and a quarter past 11 where they have to see 147 women you're Mm. like yeah well it's um, it's Thursday morning and I can't really wait until Tuesday because my baby will be you know very ill by then 
And it's also not enough for it to just be in those initial hospital days when your head is hanging off. It needs to be like the same way we do a PHN visit or something. It needs to be like a weekly thing. But again, that's access to it and cost. I actually, so it goes even further than that. It goes through the whole medical system, the whole cultural system, how we are set up. You know, as I said, to to feel like we were moving forward when insomnia puts up a sticker says there's so much more that needs to be done. And, and some of the messages, and I haven't even read them all, there there was such an outpouring of people not being able to just tell their story in the polls. Okay. But having to send like long essays. And I took a few screen grabs, particularly this one I want to read out. Okay. Okay, because it, it, it hurt my soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is why. It is absolutely why if you are trying to be heard and supported and listened to, it's almost impossible. Okay. So, hi. See that you're doing a feeding podcast next. On my first, I fed for 15 months. Right? So you'd be like, she's flying it. Yeah. she's She's got it. She's got it. I had to hire a private lactation consultant as no support was available. Very common story. On my second, I developed extremely serious mastitis when baby was three months. GP hadn't a clue, but referred me to an accident emergency. I won't say the name. I was so weak with infection at this point that I wasn't eating or sleeping. Literally dragged myself to A&E in this place and they turned me away because it was 5pm on a Friday. Wouldn't even look at me. I had to then drive myself to another hospital and wait eight hours Mm. to be seen. They wouldn't let me bring my baby, three month old, in to this hospital to feed her and said she'd have to wait in the car and I could go in and out because of COVID. The baby would be in the car alone? Well, presumably with another parent or, or grandparent or whatever. But this was a really cold December evening and they expected me to leave my three month old in a cold car park for eight hours. When they eventually saw me, they were so shocked at how bad the infection was. I was now getting clogged ducts on either side because I didn't have my baby with me. Oh my God. I've never been in such agony and distress at being away from my baby in my life. Infection markers were dangerously high, so they kept me. No pump available. So my sister had to drive up at midnight to drop mine in. They then said that they couldn't help me with removing milk from breast. They were only there to serve and treat the infection. The only place that could help with the milk and the lactation side was another hospital. They only opened nine to five, Monday to Friday. They discharged me and then I had to fight my way to be seen in that hospital the following Monday morning. Meanwhile, I couldn't feed baby with the pain and discomfort. Supply dropped completely from from being away from her. Eventually got seen and great care was given finally. But Jesus, this isn't right. I deliberately held off on going to the doctor as I knew I would have to fight for the care I needed and to be away from my daughter for long stretches. Sorry for the rant. Don't be sorry. But the system is not set up to support breastfeeding mothers. I was forced to stop feeding her because supply and utter distress. I still haven't fully come to terms with what happened and would say it was actually traumatic. Standing in front of medical professionals pleading for help to be able to feed my baby, barely able to stand up. It's little wonder that women have to stop feeding. Wow. She references three very primary healthcare facilities in Dublin, which are funded. Like... And yet the idea of a woman being treated as a breastfeeding patient seems like a There's foreign no object. Yeah. Oh like, my God. what do we do with this? 
because you're you're too far gone to go back into the hospital where you gave birth and there's no place for you in an in a normal hospital. I That's, even had messages from 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 women who are GPs who have who have since entering motherhood been like no one thought us this. Wow, really? Nobody told us about boobs lactating. It's like there it's not our fault. It's no one's fault. If you are part of that 77% who intended and couldn't, it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Nothing about feeding our babies comes easy. It might be sterilising or volumes or pumping or latching that's making you feel most stretched. All at a time when we are figuring out postpartum life and recovery. But regardless of if you are bottle or breastfeeding, there is a postpartum pregnant care product from Vitabiotics for you. Sponsors of this episode, Pregnicare have created Pregnicare Breastfeeding, a carefully balanced expert formula that brings together the key nutrients needed specifically for the breastfeeding period, helping to safeguard your diet when it matters most. With DHA, which supports normal brain and eye development in breastfed infants, plus calcium, vitamin K and D and magnesium, which contribute to the maintenance of normal bones. And if you're not breastfeeding, there is Pregnicare New Mum, which is carefully formulated to support you after birth with iron, B6 and B12 to help reduce tiredness and fatigue and biotin and zinc to help maintain normal hair and skin. You are doing everything you can to fuel your baby and help it thrive. Do the same for you. Food supplements must not replace a varied and balanced diet and healthy lifestyle and you should always consult your doctor or pharmacist before using but it's not easy for either, either side. The bottle feeding mums, we asked lots of questions as well around what they're feeling, particularly around if the whole like sterilising and everything going on, like the, the preparation involved and the fear of like, was it sterilised for how long was it sterilised? Has it not been sterilised soon enough? Mm-hmm. And and there's like, there's so much, again, we're, it's like trying to write with your other hand. You're like, I don't know what to do. For me, because I went from immediately from breastfeeding into bottle feeding and I hadn't I hadn't foreseen that I would be a bottle feeding. Mm. It was a real panic, you know, going to the pharmacy, going to the supermarket, trying to buy bottles, not knowing which bottle is right, not knowing which formula is going to work, not knowing how to sterilize and trying to learn all that in like in the instant while your baby needs to be fed. That was it took quite a while to adjust and get your head into that zone of like you are on the clock, then you are on a cycle of like washing bottles. And it it does put another thing in your day that where Mm. if breastfeeding is working for you, you can just lash them on the boob. If for people, it can be very convenient. Bottles puts a lot of structure in place that you need to follow. Um, I went through so many different types of bottles because it just... No, Caitlin had reflux and other issues again, which I was told wouldn't have happened if I breastfed. Not true. Which is not true. I know it's not, not true. true. And that was one time where I was like, "No, actually, that's bullshit." So just back off. Mm. Um. So and and I worry about other women who don't know that that's not true, and then think, mm. "Oh my god, well, this is even more failure on my part." Um. So in fact, I know more stories of women who have breastfeeding that have had to stop because the reflux could have been caused by their milk. Yeah. When it comes to protein allergies, so. In fact, the, yeah. of the instances that I've heard of, it's it's women that have had to stop because it was their milk. Yeah. Um, so that's across the board. I mean, it, it can just depend on the baby as well. Mm. And it can depend on the, the, the way you feed, the angle you feed at, the type of teas, the type of bottle. There's so like, much. There's Fast so much. Slow flow. There's so much in it. And when you are 
already there with your newborn and you're mm. a bit frazzled that's not really the time to try and absorb all that information and um, so because I, di- I didn't go into it with that plan I w- it was a little bit like oh like, mm. here's another bus to hit me with um got there eventually it was really tricky I did have to like engage um again like pay for a private person mm. to help mm. me like I guess the equivalent of a lactation consultant but for bottle mm. to help um with the reflux and things and I trying so many different things and we changed formula so many different times eventually I mean months later found one that was suitable for him and then I was like oh that's what my baby's actually like and this whole time he's been miserable yeah so that was the feeling was just for the first few months was such a stress and the feeling of oh my god like I'm am I doing this to my baby am I getting it wrong what if I had if I had just put him on that on that from day one would I have avoided all this discomfort it's a mindful and am I right you're like not allowed you're not allowed to flip a switch on the on the formulas. You kind of no. have to like give them a couple of weeks to kind of see it how the baby's getting on. Yeah, it depends. So when the last one that we went on to, I was told, no, just just swap it out straight. And I did. And do you know what? He was in such discomfort anyway that I didn't want to prolong the discomfort. And almost immediately, like I'd say within 24 hours, he was like a new baby. Um, But yeah, there's different. See this? And then you go online and there's so many different approaches, like adding half old formula half new formula and then like bringing it down or Mm. just going for a straight swap and then that kind of shocking their bodies you're you're stabbing in the dark with everything Mm. um so yeah bottle feeding is not without its stresses and worries and um but then there's benefits that I found that you know because I was feeling and I think everyone feels fragile after having a baby Mm. like my husband was able to say so we we started splitting our nights and um, I really think this was instrumental in me clawing back my sanity and mm-hmm. not t- taking down the notch on the anxiety dial. Um, so I would go to bed from like 8 p.m. to maybe 2 or 3 a.m. And he'd have the baby and he'd he'd do the feeds at that time. And then we'd swap over so that both of us were able, because of the way that we ended up working it, we were able to give ourselves these chunks of uninterrupted sleep, which got us through the first few months. Um, and I was always thinking of, you know, I just I feeling for mothers who do it all by themselves, who are up on demand all through the night and never getting that chance, never like getting more than even a couple of hours to mm-hmm. fully go into a deep enough sleep to recover. Um, so that was one benefit for I us. I did ask that actually. Uh, I did ask how who did the night feeds. Seventy percent said me. Which is I wonder if what's the case like how many what percentage of people would do it in this bottle? Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know when she says me whether they were but twenty nine percent said shared. Okay, that's low. Twenty nine percent is shared. It's understandable if it's not if it's breastfeeding. It's understandable that it's you who's doing it, but if it's bottled, if it's <laughs> yes, yeah, this is so. There's there's still there's still there's still from these polls, it's still on the mum. Wow. Yeah, because for me, that was one of the major things. I was like, we're 50-50 here. We're sharing this. I need to recover. I need to get better. And I was going to say I was very fortunate to have a partner who was on board with that. But that's not being fortunate. That's how it should be. Yeah, I think, look, every family, like I would, I answered that me. Okay, so um, did I have a partner that was supporting? Yes. And I got to the point, and I think I covered, maybe I covered Mm -hmm. this in the other one. But like, I didn't want him up. Because he was useless to me. Yeah, well, there's no point in when you're breastfeeding, yeah. he, especially when you have another baby, he I, needs to get his sleep to look after the five-year-old. Yeah, I needed him to be like in charge of life Yeah, when I'm wrecked. That is support though. Completely. So 
And I also definitely, I think, in my experience of breastfeeding, I had some weird hormonal fuel that meant that sleeplessness didn't break me. Yeah. I will always think you should get like an experiment on a new to see about but that. I, but I do think it is a thing. I do think yeah. like, again, our bodies are... But that's the kind of shit that needs to be bottled and sold. Totally. Like something is propping us up. Yeah. I don't Incredible. Um, and so I often, from lots of conversations around actually the weaning crash, um, when our body produces less of that, it then it's like the tiredness kind of mm. kicks in. It's like, oh... <laughs> I've I've been masking the fact that I have been wrecked for ages because there is no way in any other stage or phase of my life I could have existed on such broken sleep. And yet somehow, if there's breast milk involved, my body's kind of like, you I wonder, can do it. is that commonly experienced? Like, I wonder, is that one of the benefits of breastfeeding that doesn't get mentioned, that it's almost like going to fuel you through those first few months? Yeah, I, of, I also think that there's, there's, a, there's a, a lie in the breastfeeding babies don't sleep as well. So, like, in newborn, we had like no walk in the walls or walk in the corridors trying to like f- discover ways of getting them back to sleep. She'd be there. I'd like, you'd hear a little rumble. You swoop her up onto the boob. She feeds for five minutes. She's back in the cot and everyone's back asleep again. Mm. So I was never like properly awake. Yeah. You're always kept in this slumber. Also, when you feed at night, your body releases. What's that lovely Melatonin. hormone that you love? Yeah. Love it. Love it. So there's loads of that. So like when you, it's like your body's kind of like, now back to sleep you go. Yeah. Job done. Yeah, I the night milk is really better. Yeah. I definitely slept better. Now that obviously that changes as they got older and it was more like they were waking to make, like, because they were deciding. But in the newborn weeks, definitely I would credit breastfeeding actually for positive sleep. Yeah. That's interesting. I I think it would probably be foolish to ch- make a choice on feeding. Oh yeah, based no. on no. sleep. No, <laughs> it's just so no. different for everyone. And long term, sure. Yeah. Like my five year old is still waking us if she yeah. comes in and is like, "I need this or I need that or I'm thirsty." You yeah. know, fix my blankie. Yeah. So it only gets you so far. <laughs> yeah. Don't be making life decisions on it. Um, we asked. I asked, "What would you wish?" you'd known about bottle feeding because again I feel like there's just not enough said on either side of the coin here okay so here's some of the things let me know if they resonate with you but yeah there's just there's so many bottles yeah so many bottles and when I was pumping and giving her express bottles I was completely overwhelmed with the the bottle frequency because they all have all the marketing that say they're all amazing they're all going to like reduce reflux and everything but I having gone through so many different types of bottles I will say that to mitigate all of the difficulties that may arise it 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 is worth investing in the Doc Brown the Dr Brown bottles and um, because they'll be fine for someone who doesn't have reflux and and will be probably very helpful for someone for a baby who does um but again they're like on the expensive side yeah and there's a lot of people here being like trial and error of bottles tried everything spent so much money trying to find the one that suited my baby yeah like it's a really stressful one um the comfort formula made constipation worse oh god all the different things i mean i had him on gaviscon i had him on so many different things that would solve one problem but create another that's that there's a lot of that that it's there's a lot of you know I didn't know what I was doing. I thought we had the bottle solved. I thought we could we could feed this formula and colic would stop. It got worse. Oh, she wouldn't take that one. Difficult teats, different babies. 
making bottles up with the kettle is hard work to wait and cool like the preparation involved yeah. is a whole other job now I also made my life very easy there and I invested in the Tommy Tippy machine which I put up into our is bedroom that the perfect prep the perfect prep one that's in here a lot don't be fooled into buying the nighttime one because it's the same as the daytime one but okay. it's more expensive and it's just did got you a, buy both it's got a light on it no I bought the okay. sensible one um, but moving that up into the bedroom helped because I wasn't traipsing up and down the stairs to make a bottle each time mm. um, and with the sterilising we weren't using a kettle or anything we were using a microwave sterilizer. Mm. so we eventually learned how to streamline it and make it more efficient and make it easier and I even had like if I was making bottles in advance I even bought like a tiny tiny mini fridge that I could plug in in our bedroom so I'd always have a bottle there that was so I, so if I woke because you know when they wake up hungry they go from zero to 90 oh, yeah, there's yeah. no like oh I'm going to wait five mm-hmm. minutes until you're ready so I like had all these different tricks and so before we got to the Tommy Tippy machine upstairs I, we'd have the bottle in the fridge pre-made and then I would like turn on the hot water in the tap and like swirl the bottle in the hot water to try and heat it up and because he would take it kind of like tepid um, but all, you just start to come up with these really inventive ways to make your life easier but like I never stood downstairs at like 3am with kettles boiling and things so no I just was like nah not doing that I remember an ad once actually of like probably in the 90s and a dad like waking up in the middle of the night he was in like a striped pyjamas I don't know why I remember I this. remember this as well and, and it's 3am at yeah. back home He's going he, down to the kitchen. Maybe, maybe it was actually. Maybe he was it was making nothing. sausages. Yeah, yeah. But I think he was also making. He was getting up for baby, yeah. and then he decided to give himself some sausages. Oh, he he got, yeah, there. and he rang his mum or something. Yeah, he's like, "What are you doing up? Sure, it's breakfast time back home." Yeah, I remember the jammies as well. And him going down and him like you know switching the kettle on and yeah. trying to like sterilize it that way. And yeah, thinking that's yeah. We may have that. we may have inserted the bottle feeding element. I think he no, I think he was. I think he was getting up for the baby, but whilst he was up, he decided to have himself himself. Well, do you know what was nice about that classic ad? dad move? It was a man, and maybe that's why I was like, "Oh, this was not something we normally see." And he was looking after himself while he was doing it. And There's a lesson. A couple in that. of saucies while you're doing the bottle. There's a lesson in this, but a lot of the messages when I asked about what are the things that you wish you'd known about bottle feeding were actually messages and responses that said things like it's okay. Mm. You're not letting your baby down. It's not the last resort. It can be your first choice. Like it it in other words, it takes a lot of pressure off the mams. Do it when you're ready. It's not a failure. Like it's really, it's really upsetting how no matter where we're at or what we're doing, there is just this constant level of we're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. And somewhere, somebody somewhere might think that we are. And everyone's defensive about their choices. Everyone's like, defensive. I remember, you know, Jessica Erlix, who we, we had on yeah. one of our episodes before, she wrote this beautiful poem and it just sang to me because I so needed the reassurance and it was about the bottle fed baby and it was like the poem was really beautiful as it always is all these different things and at the end of each sentence it was like but you didn't breastfeed mm. and then oh and your baby's smiling you and shared like, that yes and then and like, you, got- you didn't breastfeed and I shared that and I was like you know what this was so nice to read because yeah. I have been feeling like you know this was just colouring my experience of motherhood and I got first of all a lot of unfollows second of all and I really, I mean, sometimes I share things and I'm like, this might ruffle a few feathers. I didn't expect it. But it was it. a very lovely supportive poem. Lovely. And I'm pretty sure 
the author Jessica has breastfed as well she's not like anti-breastfeeding um but I got some messages that were saying that how dare I I was Mm. undermining breastfeeding Mm. and and I was just like I literally like you can't win there's nothing I can say here because if you're of that opinion Mm. you're gone like it's not nothing I say here is going to make a difference but I if you actually could read my message you see that I'm feeling shame and judgment because I didn't breastfeed when I wanted to breastfeed not that I'm saying breastfeeding is just ridiculous irrelevant and no and dismissive not at all like that's why the poem was written that was why it was needed because we feel this weight of pressure when mm. we don't breastfeed and I think this is this is such a thing like and I think this is why people don't talk enough about it because they're so afraid of offending somebody exactly. on either side of the camp and all I can say is that I have now bred breastfed for 46 months of my life mm-hmm. and at no point if I hear anybody talking about how bottle feeding is working for them, do I feel dismissed? Yeah. At no point. Mm. If bottle feeding is working for you or if breast is working for you or if pumping is working for you or if combination is working for you or whatever it is, either way, your child will start eating waffles that have fallen off the floor. Exactly. And I do not feel dismissed. And I don't think... We need to release that just because somebody else is doing it a certain way does not mean that they are rejecting you and your no. way but that's what I need to work on now is that when so you say you don't feel diminished in your breastfeeding experience because someone else says they're bottle feeding but mm. for whatever reason I do feel it when someone is breastfeeding and saying like oh it's working really well and you know they're, they're, it's great to be able to give the, the breast milk and I'm like I'm genuinely thinking like that's amazing it's amazing for you and I'm like well done but I'm I'm putting so much praise on it as if it doesn't deserve praise if you don't or that so Mm. I'm still reflecting that failure back on myself which is why I'm so surprised that the breastfeeding community rejected (laughs) you I know like literally was like how dare you say something that's anti-feeding you're like I wasn't I was saying something in support of those that feel the weight of disappointment yeah and as though they are not good enough mothers yeah and how other women can't see that and support I know. you through that. I also feel like because I say I tried to breastfeed and I really wanted to breastfeed but it didn't work out that that's almost excusing it. But there are also lots of women who just decide I'm not going to well, breastfeed. That's, that's what this was that one of the messages there was like it doesn't have to be your last resort. It can be okay to have been exactly. your first choice. But that's I think that's probably the height of the fear of judgment is if that was because in the in the hospital I know um I've heard about different friends who've been like, you know, saying, oh no, like, how's the baby going to be fed? Oh, I'm going to be bottle feeding. It's like, really? Oh, you really shouldn't. Mm. Like, it's really, and you're already meeting those hurdles. Like, no, this is what I'm doing. This is my choice. And you really have to push against that. So because it's, you know, like you say in the hospital, mm. they're they're probably told, they're probably required to encourage the breastfeeding because of the rates of breastfeeding. And Not um, really. Like, no. not in my experience. I didn't see it. I saw them coming around being all very much... Like I was the only one in my ward that was feeding. Yeah, that's true. And on I was both also, occasions. Yeah, I mean, I was wheeled around a trolley of menu of options of different types of formula. I was like, are you okay with the optimal? I was like, I don't know, I don't know. any <laughs> difference in any of them. <laughs> the only trolley I'm used to is whether it's going to be gin or vodka on an airplane. Yeah. Like it's a really weird experience to find yourself in. And that's, that's why I'm so confused by the conversation that happens in media. Mm. Because like here we are saying that now we're moving to a place where if anyone says that they're bottle feeding that they feel some sort of stigma or like if a celebrity response. if a celebrity comes out and says they're they're going to bottle feed their baby and they're pregnant and the baby's coming and they've bought their bottles 
without a shadow of a doubt, they will be on the receiving end of a shitload mm. of judgment and mm. abuse. Instead of actually recognising that in the moment where they need, may have needed help, it wasn't there. Yeah. Or that their lives can't support the demands that breastfeeding requires. Mm-hmm. It's, you have to, it's a sacrifice. Like it, you have to give up certain things in order to make space. Yeah. And if you're, if you know, if your career, like there's great debate in the US around that where, you know, there was a formula shortage and the response was, well, okay, just breastfeed, just breastfeed so. It's like breastfeeding isn't free. Mm. It's a cost of my time. I can't go to my job. I can't earn, especially in the States where they're not given adequate leave. If you need to yeah. to do your work, but not only that, if you need to care for you and breastfeeding doesn't support that, then what your baby needs is a well you. I think there's also just this latent feeling of like, well, who do you think you are trying to support yourself when you should, you know, you can be crawling on the floor and be, you need to be in this like Herculean effort to feed your baby. Not not a time to be selfish. Exactly. And it's quite a new idea to be like, do you know what? I'm going to put myself first here as well. I'm going to put myself up alongside my well-being is as important as my baby's. But that's, that's new territory. And I mean, we need to be here. We need to get there. Either way, was feeding your baby stressful? 70, sorry. Either way, was feeding your baby stressful? 58% said yes. It's a stressful topic. Mm. It's not one that we're going to be able to fix right now, but there's a lot to be said around it. And I, if one more news headline says breastfeeding needs to be normalised and that's the reason why there's a problem. That pisses me off too. Pisses me off. It's because women need paid help. Yeah, it's not not normalised. And if you are bottle feeding, brilliant. Either way, all we're doing is feeding our babies whilst taking care of them, taking care of ourselves. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Stretch Marks Podcast on Instagram so you can see what we'll be discussing next and get involved with the questions and the polls or share what you'd like us to talk about next. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and do share the love for Stretch Marks. It really helps us grow this community and it means the world to us as well. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.